This is a Whole Observatory podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Haley Osborne, and you are listening to Star Stuff. Today, I'm joined by Lowell's Early Education Supervisor, Kelly Ferguson. Hi, everyone. And today, our special guest is Armando Bernasconi, CEO of Local Business Quality Connections. And uh, we're going to talk about your newest program, Evergreen Academy Preschool. Great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It is a pleasure. So um, first off, I would like to ask you guys to tell us a bit about yourselves. So um, Kelly, we can start with you. Wonderful. Well, thank you for having me, Miss Haley. Super happy to be on Star Stuff. Um, longtime listener, first time podcaster. <laughs> um, so like Haley said, my name is Kelly Ferguson. I am the early education supervisor here at Lowell Observatory. Um, basically what that means is anybody who's between the ages of one and 14, I, uh, design programming, um, at Lowell for them to come do some, some STEM activities, um, uh, lessons. Uh, we run summer camps, a whole bunch of good stuff. Um, my background, I have a bachelor's degree in physics from Midwestern State University, and I got my master's degree in applied physics from Northern Arizona University. Um, and then I decided physics and academia wasn't really for me. And I, uh, I would much rather foster the love of my love of science in our, in our young children. So that's, that's where, that's how I got here. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. For sure. And, uh, what about you, Armando? Hi everyone. Um, what about me? Um, I moved up here to Flagstaff in 1995 and uh, attending NAU. Um, I was working for Goodwill and doing an uh, internship with the State Voc Rehab um, the first year I was up here. And along, the, along you know, my line of work, um, I was introduced to a young gentleman with severe cerebral palsy who was interested in attending NAU. And um, his name was Ben Sutcliffe, and and Ben hired me to become his uh, his attendant. He required total care. Uh, ben had cerebral palsy, and he communicated through a, a, an augmentative communication device. Um, you know, nowadays they're they're just iPads. Back then, it was a laptop with all these fancy um, electronics hooked up to it, and it had a switch under his chin, which he would communicate or which he would input. Um, into the computer, and it was a very painfully slow process. But um, but Ben and I lived together throughout our college careers, and um, after um, after a few years in the dorms at NAU, Ben um, was you know had had experienced some health complications, so he couldn't go to school anymore. So we we moved into a house downtown, and um, Ben's two desires in life was to one, get a job and to have a girlfriend. So we were able to help Ben with the job part by starting uh, Quality Connections. We started a program um, that, uh, that, that sold um, office supplies online and Ben became our webmaster through a computer with a one-click input, which was, um, like I said, painfully slow. But but Ben and I became real good buds throughout the years. And um, like I said, we started Quality Connections to, to try and serve Ben. And in the last 25, almost 25 years, not quite, um, QC has grown uh, to have six different departments. And we serve about 300 people a, a year, um, employing about 125, 135 staff. So we have a residential program, a Montessori day program, an employment program, uh, uh, an in-home supports program, uh, an e-commerce program, qcoffice.org. And, uh, and our, our newest program, um, Evergreen Academy Preschool, where we uh, offer preschool um, instructions to about 70 children in Flagstaff. Um, but our, our preschool is really unique. Uh, during the pandemic, what happened was um, our group home, which our group homes, which uh, employ about 60, 70 um, 
of our staff, uh, 20% of them couldn't go to work because they didn't have childcare. Uh, the schools were closed, the childcare centers were closed. So our program director came to me and said, you know, we can uh, have a program here to not just meet the needs of our staff, but also some training opportunities for our clients who we train to become self-sufficient out in the community with work training. Um, so it, it, it turned into uh, a real big deal for us. We were able to meet the needs of our staff by providing them with free childcare and offer our client trainees um, the opportunity to become certified childcare workers. So, you know, that was about two years ago and we recently became a licensed um, childcare center or preschool in March. And we went from serving, you know, 22 of our staff's children to 70, 75 children uh, from across Flagstaff. So um, it's a really cool story. And our staff did an incredible job of starting this brand new program, Evergreen Academy. So um, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's my story. That's awesome. That's Thank so you for cool. sharing that. That is I, so cool. I love quality connections. I love working with you guys. It is a uh, so great to, to, to see, uh, how much that you guys give back to, to the community. And I love being able to, to support you guys. And it's great that to have you on here, I'm excited to, to be on this podcast with you. Armand. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've been, yeah, we've been working, um, on, on getting our guys, um, you know, when our guys go to work, everybody wins. Our guys gain, you know, a sense of, um, belonging in the community. They, they earn a paycheck um, and they turn that paycheck around and put it back into the community. So, you know, we like to say that when our guys go to work, everybody wins. And, and we really believe that. Um, and we were just really fortunate to have this opportunity kind of fall in our lap. And we took advantage of that opportunity. And, um, and a lot of people I think are benefiting from it. So, so thank you, Kelly. This is, this is really neat to see. Kelly, could you talk a bit about Lowell's early education programs? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, so uh, uh, I was super excited to introduce myself that I forgot to tell you how long I've been working here at Lowell. Um, I'm coming up on eight years at Lowell. Um, and the preschool program that we have are our school programs for uh, um kiddos in uh, elementary school, middle school has been going on since before I started. It uh, um, began with my supervisor, Todd Gonzalez, and um, my supervisor, supervisor, um, Samantha Christensen. Um, and they created this wonderful program where we serve kids in our community and we're able to teach them um, high level STEM. And the thing is too, it, I, uh, I get a lot of questions, especially from parents, like, how do you expect to teach my three-year-old thermodynamics? And that's because we have a, uh, a lesson specifically for thermodynamics. And um, I think that uh, grown-ups, adults, uh, tall friends, if you will, um, they don't uh, put a lot of, I, I think their own schooling kind of comes in into play and, and math and science were always the ones that people kind of struggle with or, or think that they're not good at it. We have this fixed mindset of, oh, I'm not a science person. I'm not a math person, so I can't do that. And uh, what I want to do is be able to uh, 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 foster in our community and our, and our young children that um, science is for everyone, especially for young kids. Um, they're already so naturally curious, which makes them perfect uh, little uh, uh, scientists. So um, in our preschool camp, uh, uh, we just do a lot of hands-on activities that get them comfortable with uh, their surroundings. So in our thermodynamics lesson, we make our uh, we make a thermometer, um, so they're able to see that that they give off heat, and they can see that uh, um, things change over time, especially uh, with heat. Different types of of radiation and convection and um, even if they can't say radiation, they understand that I, you know, I have heat, I'm giving my heat to something else. Um, so just being able to foster that creativity and that 
passion and that um, that love at a young age really helps them um, in their later uh, career in STEM. So we also have an elementary school camp and we get a little bit tougher. We learn about planets. We learn about the galaxies. And being at Lowell, we have access to all these incredible um, science, uh, scientific tools and instruments. Um, we have the GeoBali Open Deck Observatory that uh, we can show how scientists look through telescopes. We have our sun telescope. We also have tons of other stuff around campus that shows them what all science scientists can do. It's not just, you know, a microscope in a lab coat. Um, it, it's so much more. And, um, you know, by middle school, we have the kids actually working the telescope um, and they're here at night. So they will use the GeoVolley Open Deck Observatory and uh, um, maybe graph, uh, graph some lights. Uh, they uh, were able to uh, chart a star, see what the star is made out of using spectroscopy. Um, so these things that a lot of times for me specifically, I didn't learn until I was in college. Um, we're starting them uh, uh, at five years old, six years old, and, and not, you know, all the, the, the tough, the tough stuff, uh, uh, or tough, I say in air quotes, but, um, just something that's going to, to foster that curiosity. So even if it's just counting or using some, some logic, like this is hot and this is not, or I shouldn't touch this because I think it's hot. Um, all of those things are going to foster curiosity and in innovation, and most importantly, give confidence to those kiddos uh, in the rest of their school career, the rest of their lives is that it, it's not a fixed mindset. You are, everyone is a, a, a science person. It's, it's just the way that you frame, you frame that, uh, um, you frame your, your mind. Um, uh, STEM fluency is, is so easy to come by if you start early. And that's why, uh, that's why we started it here at Lowell where we have these very passionate educators. Um, I actually started out as an educator uh, eight years ago and, and I really wanted to be able to, to, to share my love of astronomy, of physics uh, uh, with everyone because um, I, I didn't get I got some of it from my parents. They definitely fostered that that love and um, got me really excited about science, specifically astronomy. But once I got into school, it was kind of a, a chore to do to do science. Um, and I want uh, uh, my goal is to make sure that kids know that it shouldn't be a chore. It, it's natural. And it's something that's happening all around you all the time. And um, that uh, uh, mutual inclusive, you can uh, do it with anything, do it anywhere. Um, uh, and more specifically, I love whenever the kids take what they've learned at Lowell. I love when they take it home and then teach their parents. That shows that you have a deep understanding of what's going on. And uh, that's what I that's what we do here is we get the kids excited about about science so that they're able to to share that love with others. Yeah, I love that you brought up the whole like. Um, if you're teaching something that shows a deep understanding, that's actually uh, one of my favorite things from uh, Richard Feynman. He's my favorite physicist. And he uh, said that he didn't truly understand the physics that he was doing until he taught it to others. And I think it's really cool that you've got these little five-year-olds, you know, teaching their parents all of this stuff, you know? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's great, especially whenever they uh... – my favorite is when they correct their parents. They, uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, nope, that's not That's not entirely it, mommy. Or, you know, that like, oh, you almost got it, daddy. Like, that's super close. So <laughs> I'm you're able to see just how much they, they understand. And you're totally right. Like being able to teach shows that you have a, a really good understanding. And and that's my goal, too, is I, I don't want them to regurgitate because that's what we learned in school is just learn, memorize and regurgitate and then forget it forever. I don't. <laughs> I don't want that. I, right. I, I want them to be able to, I, I don't care if they can't regurgitate it. I just want that concept to be in their brain so that they can yeah. use it. I, I mean, that would be great if, if, you know, during my thermodynamics lesson, they learned that um, uh, fire equals hot. So maybe I don't touch fire. That's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going for. Yeah, Totally. I actually have a, a question, um, and I think both of you could probably input on this. Um, 
how have you noticed, like, how does teaching young children differ from teaching older children? I know we uh, kind of touched on it with the whole, um, you know, like older kids are already kind of in that mindset of like, oh, I'm not a science person or I'm not a math person or whatever. And not even just like children, but also like college students, you know, we've got those mindsets and everything. So how have you noticed um, that, how that different or how that differs? Uh, Honestly, I've taught both uh, uh, college students and preschool. They don't differ very much. Um, uh, Besides some of the the vernacular and language that I use for my uh, older students, it's sort of the same thing. Um, Make sure that they they're interested first in what in what you're teaching and if they're not make it interesting and make it something that they can uh, um kind of connect to and uh, um college students love hands-on activities they love getting their hands dirty so uh, i really honestly my um my college class is very similar to my preschool class in how many hands-on activities there are um of course we go a little bit deeper we go a little bit more um uh it's, it's a lot more thought provoking in, in, in the older kids class. Um, definitely more abstract for sure, just because our younger students don't really have a grasp on how abstract concepts work. But other than that, I teach them exactly the same. Hmm. Um, you know, through my experiences and in, in working with the college of business here at NAU through the uh, um, entrepreneurial and nonprofit uh, center, um, the 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 differences between college students and um, uh, teaching kids from from what I've seen at Evergreen Academy, our, our program at Quality Connections, is that um, the 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 conversations can get deeper with the college students, the college age kids. Um, they're looking, you know, from my experience, had had been looking to go in deeper and, and gain a, a full understanding. Um, with, with the children that I've seen um, at, at Evergreen, they take what you say, they internalize it, and they come back with, um, you know, real simple questions like, um, "Well, how does that work?" <laughs> um, so it, it's 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 they're they're completely different, but they're all getting trying to get at the root of um, trying to understand. Um, you know, and in the children's sake or in the children's um, uh, area, it was more the va- the very like basics of explain how that works when the, the college students were trying to, to gain a deeper understanding. Um, I don't know if that if that answers your question, but it was um, it, it was it was different, but it was the same. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I totally see what you mean. Uh, um for uh, that, that's I, I noticed that as well. The difference between those the the, the two the two age groups mm-hmm. is the for sure the college students or or I get I guess my older students they're uh, gonna be a little bit more abstract and thought provoking. Um, but uh, yeah, they they definitely want to go down to the basics. Well, how does this work? And how yeah. did you get to that answer? So uh, uh, yeah, you kind of have to break it down the same way, but you're definitely right with the, the younger kids. You have to be way more literal. I love being able to talk to you guys about all this because um, my experience, I did a teaching co- uh, course at Northern Arizona University. That's where I uh, went to school. And I taught uh, sixth graders, um, I taught sixth graders science. And it was really cool because it was all very hands-on and it was so different from when I was in sixth grade and I got taught science, you know, because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I have to do this, you know, whereas the students that I was teaching were like, oh yes, we get to do this, you know? And I think um, making that like, their mindset or like fostering that mindset in these kids is like so important because instead of thinking in terms of like, I have to do my schoolwork, I want kids to think like, oh, I get to do my schoolwork, you know? 100%. And Haley actually um, was a teacher for our summer camps last summer. I was. And taught fifth <laughs> and sixth grade. How, how, was, how was that for you? It was 
so much fun. It was so much fun. I, I mean, like, I do not remember being that smart when I was that age, you know, like these kids were insanely smart and they were so excited to be there. And it was so cool. Like I've been at uh, Lowell for five years, but that was my first year doing the um, summer camps and seeing these people who are uh, seeing these kids who had been in the summer camps for years, you know, started off in preschool and now they're in fifth, sixth grade. Um, I helped out with the middle schoolers too. And even some of them had been there since preschool, you know, it's just, it's, it was such an interesting and like incredible experience. I had so much fun. How many, how many, uh, sixth graders did you have? Um, for my teaching course, I think we had 30, something along those lines. Um, and like, it was, it was so cool, especially like seeing the technology change, you know, like in sixth grade, we just had like our notebooks and pencils and that was like it. These kids had like one iPad per student and they got to do, you know, their own in-depth research into things with their like personal iPads that the school provided. Um, so that was really cool, um, being able to see that. And then, for summer camps, oh, Kelly might know this better than I do. Uh, how many kids did we have? Because I taught, I did the uh, three full weeks. You had so three sixty. You had sixty-five kids in total. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All at once or in multiple no classes? broken over three weeks. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would have been rough. Just about, yeah. but about twenty-two at the same time. Uh, um, nice. And again, these are the 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 people that we hire for. Um, these summer camps and our and our science programs, uh, we only hire one teacher per grade group, or one I should say, one uh, certified teacher. Everybody else is just super passionate about teaching science, and Haley being one of them. You know, luckily for us, Haley had had a, a teaching uh, experience, and she's also an educator, so had, had you know experience talking to the public, and you know maybe kids here and there if they came on the tour. Um, but, uh, this is kind of the first experience a lot of our educators have in a semi classroom style, um, a school type feel. It's still summer camp. We still go outside and play games and have water balloon fights and, and, you know, do all the, the summer campy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> still do all the summer campy fun, but it's again, a lot of times it's the, some of our educators first experience in a classroom. What a, what a great place to be able to do that at up at Lowell. I live like, you know, right down the street at the, at the base of Mars Hill. uh, It, I mean, I love going up there. Um, In fact, our, 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 our Montessori day uh, program is, is going to head up there in September. I saw, I I saw you guys signed up. Um, I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be able to, uh, to sneak in on that. I'll be able to see you in September or see see your kiddos. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I want to say September 8th. Um, but, uh, yeah, what an incredible experience for our guys to be able to do that here in town. Yeah. Um, You know, I was raised, born and raised in Guadalupe, South Phoenix. And, uh, you know, the stars don't shine quite as bright down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're really sure. lucky here in Flagstaff every night. Well, you know, assuming we don't have clouds. <laughs> no um, monsoons. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which have been good this year. We can't complain. Oh, yeah. yeah we needed the water. <laughs> we needed the water, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're so, we're so spoiled with these uh, dark skies. Oh yeah, I uh, same as you, Armando. I'm I'm from a big city. I'm originally uh, from Dallas, Texas. So uh, I had never really seen milk the Milky Way bands um, uh, with my naked eye until I moved to Flagstaff. Flagstaff and the yeah. very first night, it was dark, and I uh, that I moved to Flagstaff in uh, what was it 2014. I looked up and audibly gasped because I it looked like there was smoke in the air. It was so clear. Yeah pristine gorgeous like i could have sat there i could have stood there excuse me uh, um staring at the sky all night um it was so if you've never been up to flagstaff that's probably one of our coolest claims to fame is that we're the first dark sky city um in the world and uh, um, we take that very seriously it's a it's a pretty uh, busy, bustling city. Um, we have a huge college campus. We have anywhere between 70 to 100,000 people in Flagstaff at any given time. 
but we're still able to see the majesty and beauty of, of our night sky as if we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the stars are just so brilliant at night. Um, you'll, you'll understand the importance of being a dark sky when, when you see that, if, if you ever get the chance to come up. Yeah. And like, I think that definitely helps when it comes to like, um, fostering this interest in science in uh, children is like being able to have this hands-on experience where you look up and you see the Milky Way, you know? And then um, I think that's, that's such a cool thing. Cause like um, that's actually one of the reasons uh, why Lowell Observatory was founded is Percival Lowell wanted to be able to bring science to the public, to everyone. Um, and I think with, uh, Kelly and Todd's program that that's like what we're doing, you know, it's a huge part of what we're doing. So I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) It is. Oh, just, uh, wasn't last night. I think it was two nights ago. We had a really clear sky and, uh, I, I just moved and my neighbor is, um, she's, uh, has a little girl who's going into the third grade and we were looking up in the sky and I was kind of pointing some stuff out for, for her. And she's like, wow, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I went to school for this. Like you could go to school for astronomy too. And she was just amazed uh, just because I was pointing out shiny stuff in the sky. And, uh, uh, all of a sudden she saw a flash in the sky and, uh, um, she was like, oh my goodness, a shooting star. And uh, another great learning opportunity, I got to teach her about iridium flares from satellites, uh, <laughs> which is like one of my favorite things to talk about. And so we, I, I got to tell her, like, look how smooth it's going across the sky. That's not a shooting star. Those would go super fast. And, you know, just her jaw, like dropping open, saying that's a satellite. And then her running and telling her mom, like, mom, I saw a satellite and it just, you know, warmed my heart. Like, like, uh, that's what I want. I want, I want that excitement. And, you know, to be able to be like, look what I just saw. Let me tell you how cool that is. And then I will also teach you how cool it is. Um, so, uh, again, I love teaching about iridium flares, um, uh, specifically uh, with satellites. So, uh, uh, I'm so happy to be able to teach even when I'm not at work. Kelly, I do have a question about um, your program and everything. Sure. Um, And this is kind of a plug for something that's going to happen in 2024. (laughs) But um, what are the plans for Lowell's education department going forward? Ooh, oh my goodness. If, if I had my way, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, uh, our education department is, is only getting bigger. Um, uh, uh, we have such a good, uh, good team behind us and, um, we want, we want more people. So, um, I think what Haley is hinting at is, is our (laughs) new, uh, visitor center, um, our astronomy discovery center. Now, when that happens, uh, our current visitor center Uh, The Steel Visitor Center will become the Steel Education Center, and we'll be able to expand even more. We'll have uh, a place for um, field trips, like designated field trips to go. Uh, We'll be a hub uh, for for STEM education um, and STEM fluency, not only just in Arizona, but but, but for the U.S. Uh, We we have, um, uh, Armando, you were talking about your... um, field trip coming up in September. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, uh, we have a school from Utah coming in. Wow. Um, we had a, a, a group traveling from Texas, a homeschool group traveling from Texas come through. Wow. Um, so it's not just Flagstaff. It's not just Arizona. We, 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 we're lucky enough to be able to serve all over the country. Um, I just started working with a couple schools in Duluth, Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Yeah, that one, uh, um, that's uh, our good friend, Bruce Kosevich uh, helped us out with that one. Uh, So (laughs) I'm excited. I haven't worked with uh, Minnesota before, but um, I I am, I am so thrilled to be able to expand our program even further because right now we are definitely limited by space. Um, We are a public observatory um, 
first and foremost, uh, like Haley said earlier, Percival Lowell, our founder, wanted to make science and astronomy accessible to, to the public. And so we are open uh, nearly every single day of the year uh, uh, for the public. So um, I have to be mindful of, of what's going on in the public, not just with the grownups, but I also have to make sure, okay, are any of my children running away or, you know, <laughs> uh, um, jumping into a, a tour group or, you know, otherwise causing havoc to the public where, you know, it's okay in a summer camp setting, but maybe a little bit uh, uh, unsettling for some adults who are just trying to learn about some astronomy. So I'm so excited to be able to, um, to expand our program that way as well. Cause right now we're again, we we're limited by the amount of buildings that we have and um, uh, assume that won't be a problem. And uh, uh, the, the new astronomy discovery center is also uh, supposed to have some really, really cool science exhibits um, hands-on of course uh, um, that uh, would rival some of the cool, uh, some of those cool museums that you've heard about. I I'm um Again, like I said, I'm from Dallas, so I'm a huge fan of the Perot Museum of Nature and Science. But uh, I think we have them beat because I saw a typo at Perot. They said Pluto had three moons. They do not. Pluto has five moons. So <laughs> you're uh, right. Sorry, sorry Perot. I feel listening. Um, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> and since Armando, you said you're at the bottom of the hill, you should come up uh, and take a peek at some of the uh, construction that's already going down. It is outstanding. Is it, it is, really? Oh yeah. Yes. The, these yeah. these huge walls are just going up, and every time someone comes in, they're like, "What is that?" Right. <laughs> and that's our our newest addition. It's gonna. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm excited for it too. I, it's it's gonna. <sighs> I heard that your current visitor center has the capacity of serving 300,000 visitors a year and the new one will quadruple or triple the capacity. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really exciting. It is. So the visitor center itself can serve that many people a year. The parking lot, however. Oh, that, that, oh yeah, absolutely. That was right. our problem. We're in downtown Flagstaff. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. during like really, really neat events like a, a lunar eclipse or goodness, solar back eclipse. In, uh, uh, what was that? Twenty fifteen. Right. That was twenty seventeen. Twenty. The oh my last, goodness. Yeah. Twenty fifteen was the New Horizons flyby, which yes. again was also. Uh, I was a brand new educator when New Horizons flew next to Pluto, and that was. Oh, oh my, so many people were here. I, yeah. I've never seen our, our lecture hall, our Gickless lecture hall filled to capacity before wow. that day. And it was sitting room only. People were gathered around our screen just to hear a little, a little beep from yeah. a robot that was, <laughs> you know, billions of miles away. And we were like, yeah, you know, people are crying and jumping and holding each other. And I feel like, if you had no idea what was going on, this would look quite, quite strange, almost cultish, <laughs> just how excited and, and weird everybody got whenever we That's heard funny. the, uh, the all good signal. But um, it, yeah. it's like that all the time. Like, I think people are always excited about astronomy and they don't really get to show it. Cause I don't know, maybe being excited about science isn't always cool, but we're huge nerds here at Lowell. We're going to be excited <laughs> about everything. So oh, yeah. when we're excited, you can see like the guests too. They're like, oh, okay. So this is the place I can geek out and, and you know, get, get real weird, get real excited about some stuff. So yeah. I, I, I love being able to foster that in our community as well. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Armando, I know your uh, Evergreen Academy Preschool is fairly new, but um, what what are your guys' plans for the future? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish? Our our, our main hope, um, our main goal is to integrate our trainees into the community, um, socially, economically. Um, when our guys go to work, our you know they're they're um, they get a paycheck. They get to contribute to society. They have this sense of belonging. 
um, that's, that's our mission. That's what we do. That's what we love to do. Um, but, uh, again, our main hope, I mean, Evergreen Academy has, um, a few benefits that other preschools don't. And, and that is to, you know, our, our trainees working closely with the children. What that does is it normalizes the, the thought of a disabled person in the community, in, in a work environment, um, at a very young age, at a very early age, which if these kids are learning, you know, uh, that, that our disabled trainees are, um, capable, um, and, and, you know, these kids are learning from them so that, you know, they, they become normalized to, uh, our, trainees, our population out in the community. So that in and of itself, I think is, is a huge win, not just for the children that are learning it, not just for our trainees, but for society. Um, you know, it's just, uh, when our guys enter the community, everybody wins. I can't stop saying that enough, (laughs) but, uh, but really that's our goal. That's what we're, that's what we're trying uh, to do is educate these uh, children that are, um, our trainees, our disabled clientele are human, um, just like they are. Um, and, you know, but they can perform and they can teach and they can um, care for children just just like you and I. So it's it's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited. That's what we're looking forward to in the future. And I, I love that, that you're uh, able to, to provide something like that for our community, especially our community, um, with exceptionalities. Um, my, uh, my sister has down syndrome. And so, um, I, I always, uh, seem to, to be on that end of, of fighting for, uh, uh, rights and, uh, her rights and those that, that look and act like her, um, just because you're totally right. Sometimes they're not seen as, as humans, um, but they are, they, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, that was the first thing that I, I loved the most about, about quality connections was, was not only do you, do you employ, uh, uh, or, uh, people with, uh, um, exceptionalities, you, they, they work, they're, they're out like in public. And, right. uh, exactly. I, I got to meet, uh, um, one of the guys that delivered all of our office supplies I got to meet and he was asking me so many questions about like what I do here. And he's so polite and, uh, and like what he gets to do at quality connections and how much he loves nice. to help the community. And uh, I just, uh, my, my heart is so, is so happy and warm because I love hearing uh, that Kelly, thank you. Of course. I, <laughs> I, great. my sister needed something like that whenever we were growing up because I, I, I definitely felt like she wasn't treated like some, right. like an equal. Um, yeah. she was definitely treated with, with kid gloves. She's my older sister, but I always felt like people treated her very gently or, right. or super, I don't know, like, like she was going to explode at any moment. And, um, it always frustrated me because uh, I just wanted everyone to see her how I saw her, which was my my cool, awesome older sister. Right. So, um, I no, just... I, I had that same Kelly. I had that same experience with my college roommate Ben. I mean, we just became best, but we would travel all over. We would, um, you know, I tried to give him the same or that the college experience that you know most of us had. And, um, you know, I think we came pretty close. I mean, we got in a lot of trouble, <laughs> but, um, you know, Always. he, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, it, it, it was fun. I mean, yeah, it was fun normalizing it f- with and for Ben. Um, but I know exactly what you're saying. It's, um, I don't know, there's just something more there that, uh, you know, and, and whenever I talk to people, you know, eight times out of 10, um, people have that same experience. They had a brother or a sister or a cousin or a, or a college roommate, you know, that, um, that, that really connected with them. So it's, um, you know, it's been, it's been really rewarding. And I, you know, the, the evergreen, um, Academy kids, um, I believe will enter high or school, grade school, um, elementary school with, a different understanding of our population. Um, and I think they're, you know, they're going to have a, um, a head start, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. And it's fostering this, like this, this community and, and this, this mindset uh, of, of 
you know, loving everybody and, and, um, you know, treating everyone exactly the same, which is, you know, something, I mean, I'm, I'm in my thirties and that's maybe something that, uh, uh, I did not go through whenever I was in high school. Um, it was very much, uh, um, our, our students with exceptionalities were, were put into different places because they have special needs and they They shouldn't exactly. Yeah. And, that always never sat well with me. Maybe again, is because I had I had a sister, so it was right directly in my life. But um, I love now that that you know we're with yeah these we're, kids. we're we're doing the opposite of yeah yeah which is really good about absolutely, and it also yeah. helps to show like how how different um, exceptionalities affect different different kiddos. Um, right. Uh, uh, and, and how, uh, how, how that looks and how maybe like a meltdown looks, um, and maybe not, uh, uh, oh gosh, I, I one of my kids, uh, this summer, um, ha- had a, had an, a meltdown, um, boy with autism and, uh, um, all of my students, every single one of them, they, they weren't like pointing or, you know, like what's going on with this kid? Like, why is he, why is he so upset? Why is he crying? They're very much okay, he needs his space. He needs to breathe. Like we, we, I have, it's, you know, it's someone, instant understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like, Oh, that's weird. No, no, no. It's, it's just a thing. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah. it happens. Yeah, it does. And sometimes to the best of us. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, and, and I just, it's, it's giving, um, these kids, I, I think it's making them more compassionate and, and well-rounded real well-rounded people. And that's, that's kind of why we start this at an early age, the STEM fluency and, um, and, and working with, with kids of different abilities, with different backgrounds, it, it, it heightens your ability to think critically, to think logically. Um, and then on top of that, solving problems creatively, you wouldn't get that in a classroom with just quote regular kids. Again, I hate that term, but it's it's just the exposure to, um, different things, different people, different learnings. I mean, you know, that, and that, that's why I, you know, the Lowell program is, is I think brilliant, because it's exposing these kids to, um, you know, these different methods, these different lessons. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just a big believer of the more we're exposed to as children, as learning opportunities, the the better off we're going to be as adults. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And, and the ability to kind of conquer something head on fearlessly because right. we've had experience with it. Right. Exactly. And, and that's something that I've seen with, um, uh, like Kaylee was saying earlier, I've had kids that have gone through my program um, from preschool who are now going into high school or have just graduated from high school. It's weird and wild. And I'm, uh, I've, I don't have children of my own, but this, I, I imagine this is what parents feel like. The stop growing up, you're growing too fast. <laughs> you, and, you say that as my little girl started uh, NAU on Monday. Oh, my oh wow. Well, congratulations yeah, to her. It's, that's awesome. It's a bittersweet week. <laughs> and, and that's what so one of my one of my ex students um, is now works with us. And uh, nice is the the strangest kind of turn of events is uh, um, the 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 passion and the excitement and the curious, the curiosity came from Lowell Observatory and, yeah. and came yeah. from our camps. And now they're going into college with this, a science mindset with a, yeah. I'm going to do some hard science. I know I'm, um, I'm a girl or I present as feminine, but I can still kill it in this, like in academia. And, yeah. And again, uh, um, something um, Haley and I were talking about uh, before we press record is is uh, um, imposter syndrome amongst educated uh, females, and how I don't want to see that happening to the girls, to to the young girls right now. And it's because I don't think people really say, "Hey, you know, science is for everybody, not just boys or not just you know the smart ones." Science is literally for everyone. So I'm hoping that uh, um, this kind of starts that discussion of e- e- maybe uh, um, uh, that, that imposter syndrome, that, that feeling of, 
I actually don't know what's going on. Maybe that, 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 you know, dissipates or hopefully goes away entirely is my my goal. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) Absolutely. This is both of your first podcasts. I know you were kind of nervous. Uh, you were like, oh, it's going to be a long one, whatever. Um, we're already like basically at time. So good job, guys. Um, I have one final question for you guys. Um, if you guys are ready for it. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone looking to go into your field? So we can go ahead and start with you, Armando. Um. You know, um, the, this, I don't know if it's a skill or, 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 a, or a beha- not behavior, but, um, the, the whole, we, we, we train and teach our staff, um, on emotional intelligence. Having empathy is one of the, um, greatest talents or skills to have. And um, I don't know if this is, I, I know NAU doesn't teach this, but, um, but learning about emotional intelligence and empathy, um, you know, understanding to, uh, understanding how other people may feel um, in certain situations um, and, and understanding how you come off and how people may read you um, in certain situations and stressful situations, empathy is a really big deal for us. And I don't know that that's something that's taught or it comes innately in people, but, um, but that is, um, one of the things that we like to not just hire for, but look for, uh, whenever we, um, you know, recruit and, or promote, uh, but, uh, but empathy and, and emotional intelligence is really high on the list of skills and, 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 and abilities. So I, I would, I would say empathy in our, our line of work. That was a really good answer. Yeah. I don't know I'm going to top that. <laughs> uh, I agree with Armando uh, um, to get into this specifically for um, my line of work. I teach, um, I do informal teaching at a nonprofit um, be passionate about something. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, uh, um, learn from the people who are around you. Um, people love to share what they're passionate about. So make sure you're asking the right questions. And I think it goes along with emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. being able to pick out, okay, well, this person really, really likes airplanes and, you know, or, or, something like that, being able to find someone's passion and then, and then learning from them. Um, really always being curious, um, empathetic, uh, though, gosh, Armando, that was such a really good answer. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, for, for, for me, for my informal teaching, it's, it's your, your, your passion and, and your patience, especially working with kids. Um, and, uh, uh, kind of, uh, um, for, for me at least, it was going into college and, and doing all of the hard stuff and realizing that's not what I want to do. Um, and and uh, having that experience of being able to say, okay, I've learned this. Um, it's not for me, but I know it's for someone um, I can teach. I, I can foster that that passion and that love for someone in the future. Because I, I just, I didn't get it quite as much as I'd, I'd like to. So um I think also being encouraging and, and um, watching out for uh, uh, your fixed mindset, make sure that the words that you're saying and the vocabulary that you use doesn't limit anybody um, uh, uh, makes their, their boundaries endless. Um, and uh, yeah, I think all of those things go along with, with STEM education anyway, is, is, is yeah. it being open and, and uh, uh, always being able to ask or ask and answer questions as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that that was some great advice, guys. Thank you so much for that. We are out of time. So um, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really fun talking to you guys. 
And to all our listeners out there, I would like to remind you that we do have a Discord channel and a Twitter where you can see some cool behind the scenes content. And you can also use the hashtag, hashtag AskStarStuff to ask us any questions that you might have about life, the universe, and everything. And uh, to both of you, if people want to uh, get involved with what you guys do, um, how could they reach you? They, they could look us up at qualityconnections.org. Um, look, uh, all our programs are on there and, uh, and our contact info. Awesome. Oh, we have an incredible volunteer program here at Lowell. That's a great way to get your foot in the door. Um, but uh, we're always uh, hiring for different positions. And uh, like you heard earlier, we do have a brand new uh, Astronomy Discovery Center opening up in a few years. And that's going to open up a lot more opportunities as well. So so keep keep an eye out. I would definitely go out to, to our, uh, our website. That's where we put our most uh, uh, recent uh, um, things that are going on. So... Yeah. I'd love to have you on our team. Totally. That's exciting. Yeah. And how, how would they sign up for like the kids camps or Ooh, yeah. something so or a field trip? Ooh, good question. Good question. So all of that can be found on our website, lowell.edu. And you're going to want to go to the visit tab. Um, if you want school field trips, there is a section for school field trips. There's a section for virtual field trips. And there's also a section for, for camps. Now this includes our preschool camps that happen every other Saturday. That would be the first and third Saturday of each month. Hopefully in the future with the opening of our ADC, we'll be able to do a preschool camp every month or excuse me, every, every week. Um, but, uh, and then our uh, summer camps again, just run towards the summer, but that's for our elementary and our middle school kids. All of it can be found online at lowell.edu. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much again for joining us. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having me. (laughs) Take care. This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to lowell.edu slash donate. Thanks for listening.